Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here wondering, in your life, have you ever broken up with someone, and but you've kept things from that relationship, things from the things, leftovers, trinkets, love letters, poems? Absolutely. Who the hell hasn't? You have. Have you? Ah, okay. I guess who the hell hasn't is you. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I was ever. I've been ever given anything worth keeping. It's but that's so. It's funny you should ask because I I've just moved house and I was going through my filing cabinet and I found a little folder called sentimental stuff that I'd forgotten Uh-oh. that I had. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I have like letters from about twenty years ago from different partners. Um, one of whom was one of my first ever boyfriends that I still to this day think is my one that got away. <laughs> And it was this <laughs> it was this letter where I had broken up with him because I was like I feel like you want to keep me a secret and we never go yeah, out yep. anywhere and, <laughs> and you just tell me that you love me but you never show me. And he showed up to my door with this huge bunch of roses and this letter that said, this is the beginning of me showing you that I care for you through yes. actions, not just words. Um, Bars already with someone else when he showed ah, up at my door with that, yeah. but I still have that letter um, and a bunch of other like photos and keepsakes because I'm just like I'm sentimental at heart. I think I'm sure it's a wonderful nostalgia rush to get to, the, to get to unearth those treasures that are years and years loved, and Tom. years old. <laughs> I I would be horrified if someone if an ex partner of mine had kept my shitty poetry and <laughs> my shitty all my terrible terrible musings on love and romance. I would be horrified. So there you go, I readers. I think that's adorable. Someone <laughs> somewhere has your poem in a oh, frame God. on oh, their wall, God, Tom. Yeah, yeah I, I highly doubt that. Well, hello one and hello all to Ghosts of Boyfriends Pass. Elizabeth Best across from me and I'm hello. Tom Harris. Have you? Do you keep trinkets from your, your exes in life? I want to hear what's the, what's the weirdest thing that you've ever kept. Um, I want to hear about everything that you've kept. So if yes. you can write in to all the normal places, ghostsofboyfriendspast.gmail.com, I want to hear what's the weirdest thing you've ever kept and just in general, what one have of you kept? Got, one of you out there has got a weird like thing. A vial you've of got a You've got a like freaky thing. Gross. Come on, let us have it. <laughs> we want to know. This is a main episode, which means we have yes. a guest. Yes, we do. And it's a very special guest because as I've mentioned a couple of times, Times in past episodes, I got invited to a lovely lunch at the end of last year um, from Bumble to talk about dating trends. So we have Lucille from Bumble joining us to go through those very trends yeah. on air today. Come on, welcome, down. Lucille. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about these things because it's important when you're out there dating to know sort of what to expect and, and what you can be what, what what you should be doing and what you could be in for when you when you flick open the apps. Yeah, now uh, Elizabeth and I like to uh, jest that we are somewhat dating re- uh, experts, relationship experts, but that's only so deep. However, we have someone that works for an actual dating uh, a- application that can so an actual How expert. How old are you? A dating <laughs> application. Now, yes, exactly. I will yes and that question. Uh, Lucille, you work for a, an endeavor called Bumble. I'm as I'm as I'm a man of relation relationship, so I don't need this uh, He's currently. He's happily coupled up. And, it's gross. Uh, we have uh, uh, elder. Uh, leaning listeners uh, who we've don't got know, everyone we've got, we've got young we've got old we've got in between so for anyone who isn't on the apps and hasn't heard about bumble can you give us a bit of a rundown on what bumble is and what the philosophy is like etc yeah of course and i'm sure um everyone that's listening is young at heart absolutely um, they wouldn't be listening otherwise yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bumble is a dating app um, and it has quite a different backstory to most dating apps. So our CEO and founder, Whitney Wolfherd, um, had worked for other dating companies and was 
had had a really negative experience online after leaving a previous job and she found herself this was back in 2016 um so sort of pre me too pre times up thinking about how negatively she'd been treated online with her dating experience and sort of looking around at her single friends and thinking you're all really smart you're all amazing you're all you know breaking the glass ceiling at work, you know, not standing for any kind of, you know, gender inequality in in most parts of your life. But then they would meet a man and they'd be like, oh, well, I'll just wait for him to ask me out or I'll wait for him to, for him to ask for my number. Mm. And she thought, this is crazy. You know, why is dating the area where these gender roles are still so traditional when we really don't accept that in so many other parts of our life? So she came up with the idea of Bumble where women have to make the first move in heterosexual connections. And the idea being that how much of the traditional tensions that existed on dating apps could you change by putting women in control of the conversation, by giving women the power over who they interact with and how those conversations start, do you foster healthier, more respectful conversations and ultimately healthier and more respectful relationships? Um, and I think, you know, her success has been proven with the success of Bumble and the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, you know, happy relationships and engagements and weddings and Bumble babies that exist mm-hmm. all over the world. One thing that um, we've talked about on this podcast before, because we had somebody who was unwittingly doing very great PR for you guys, <laughs> yes. um, where they that. were <laughs> they were stood up on a date and they reported it to the app. They didn't. They weren't going to, and they thought, no, bugger it, I'm going to report it. And the person who stood her up was blocked. And then Bumble sent her flowers, flowers and chocolates, which I thought was oh. actually quite sweet. It's very but sweet. The thing that I have noticed anecdotally from Bumble is that um, it tends to be quite swift acting if people are being inappropriate on the app to try and keep it as a safe space, which I very much appreciate. And I think really rewriting the the standards of what is bad behaviour and what's unacceptable in dating. So it's not just you know, getting ghosted. It's also, if that person made you feel uncomfortable in any way, if they, if you felt pressured in any way, these are all things that you can and should report um, because those opportunities also often, I'm going to speak about men in this scenario because it um, is often, you know, relationships between men and women that we're talking about, but obviously um, I don't want it to be too much of a heteronormative discussion, but a lot of the time when you report someone on an app, what you do is you give us the opportunity to educate them about, hey, this comment you made is unacceptable for this reason, you know, and this was a topic that came up um, a lot for us about two about one or two years ago when we introduced much stricter and clearer policies around things like fetishization and body shaming Mm -hmm. because what we noticed was a lot of people that were making comments, particularly in those two areas, particularly with racial fetishization and and body shaming, where they they thought they were flirting. They thought they were giving compliments. And it's like, well, no, we know that's fetishization or that that's shaming behaviour, but... um, by encouraging people to report that it's giving us an opportunity to educate and try and change behavior. So that's why I would encourage anyone using Bumble or any app to report anything that they don't like. Um, and yeah, be fast and loose with that rule. <laughs> so do you guys, just because I've uh, had a few friends who've been banned from non-Bumble dating apps and had no idea what they did wrong, does Bumble make an effort to kind of explain then and educate them on on what went wrong so that they understand what's happened? In a lot of cases, yes. Yeah. Um, that's the goal. Um, and I think that we also give warnings, Great. you know, and I think that's a really important step where it's like what you've done might not constitute, um, you know, remove letting you never use the app again, mm. but we're going to intervene at this point and say, hey, um, that language you use to describe someone's body is actually dehumanizing, you know, and here's a link to our resources to educate yourself on why that isn't okay, rather than just sending them off in the world to go and do that again somewhere else. I love that. That's really, really important to hear. I'm really glad to hear that um, from you, Lucille, because my sort of position 
as a non uh, non app user is that these apps all look like uh, all look good and really sound like great ideas, uh, good initiatives. But we all we need to do is fix the people using them. It's fixing a sort of across the board uh, uh, tightening of behavior, it's like educating a level, yeah, what's and uh, what's, just what's, raising yeah, everyone's behavior standards. on these apps. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. So let's talk trends. Mm. So at the little lunch that we had, which was stunning, uh, we had chats about some of the things that we can expect to see in 2023. So can you take us through a couple of those now and we can have a bit of a chat about them? Yeah, I would love to. So what was most interesting was throughout this process of identifying these trends was reflecting on the year that was 2022. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, it was quite a turbulent year. It was the return of travel. It was the return of office work. It was the return of dating because 2020 and 2021 were defined by lockdowns and border closures and fear of illness and all sorts of things that, you know, it isn't fully gone away, but improved a lot in 2022. So the types of trends that we saw throughout 2022 with things like um, sober dating, you know, because people had got used to um, not being able to go to the pub mm. or being able to go to the pub less um, and things that were reflective of like the year that they had been through previously. Mm. What's really exciting about the trends for this year is that they're very positive. 70% of people surveyed said they're feeling positive about dating going into the new year. Um, and the trends are really about challenging the status quo. Um, and as we get into the trends, you'll, you'll understand more of, of what we mean by that. But it's really about challenging the set idea of what you're meant to do in dating, the type of person you're meant to date, the type of person you have to be when dating. And that's great for us because Bumble has always been about challenging the status quo. You know, it's always been about encouraging people to think differently about gender and dating and relationships. So you guys are doing it before it was cool. Yeah, exactly. So this is really exciting to be talking to you about this. Yeah, great. So kick us off. What's what's one of the first things that we can expect to see in 2023? Well, this is one I would love to know your opinions on because the first trend is called open casting, which is the opposite of typecasting. And huh. 42% uh, of yes. Bumble members in Australia said they're more open to dating outside their type. And I think that is like really cool, fascinating thing to do and probably reflective of the fact that the last couple of years have just been such a, you know, a scramble for so many people that it's like, okay, I've done, I've had to change my whole life in different ways. Why don't I change this thing that I've been doing as well? So, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on breaking your type as well. well. I think it makes a lot of sense, although it's sometimes hard to convince your heart that it makes mm. a lot of sense. Cause you know, <laughs> obviously if you've got a particular type and, and you're still single, that type has not worked for you. So it makes a <laughs> lot of sense to date outside of that type but then when I go on yet another date that I think is a little bit beige, I'm like, oh, why doesn't this person excite me? And it's just, I think you've got to really reiterate to yourself that um, slow burns are possible and that you don't have to have the zing and the spark of what normally excites you if you're going to date outside your type. What do yes. you reckon, Tom? Uh, in t- it makes sense to me. Uh, it's seeing... We all have our, ty- our types and wants in in, in a partner or, or partners. But if you narrow, if you only want blondes, but then those blondes have to have brown eyes, and then they have to have, they have to be five foot four to five foot five. You're you're just that shrinking. Segment is so small. You're just shrinking and, and they have shrinking. to be nice people on top <laughs> yeah. of all of those other things. So you're just shrinking and yeah. shrinking this tiny percentage of people that you could possibly ever be happy with. No, you need to go. Okay, I'm gonna try dating a redhead and <laughs> and and see how you do. I, I think I think it makes sense. I know, and that's when you often hear people say, "Oh, there's no good people out there. There's no good men. There's no good women." And it's like, well, there is. There's many. There's many, 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 many people out there in the dating pool if you are open-minded about what you're looking for. And I think being overly picky can limit can limit yourself and. I think there are things that we absolutely you should have be really set on is someone kind 
Is yeah. someone generous? Mm. Is someone funny? Do they make you laugh? Do they make you feel good? All of those things aren't the type of things that you should be sacrificing and looking for a partner. But whether or not they're six foot or have muscles or, you know, what type of job they do, all these kind of things are, are really things that I think that we can afford to start to let go of a bit. And that actually did come through in the research as well, that people are starting to prioritize emotional maturity over physical appearance, which I think is Thank so goodness. important. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. That's why I've been out of the dating pool for so long because everyone's emotionally immature. And my, uh, my I can't impl- promise I can't promise a pool of eligible Look. dating bachelors that <laughs> one are or two is okay a go, pool i don't but, need <laughs> but they're trying that the research tells us they're trying that's really good to hear and i think um because of the whole 2020 to 2022 uh you're stuck inside there's a lot of self-reflection that happened mm. i think and so i think a lot of people are kind of realizing that they might also be the problem and so <laughs> starting to date outside their own type might actually help them along their journeys. Exactly right. And also we touched on this a little bit earlier, but people dated differently during that the period of time we just talked about. People weren't going out to pubs and clubs and, you know, making out on the dance floor for mm. a variety of different reasons. Um, if you weren't in a state that had a lot of lockdowns, maybe you still didn't feel comfortable, you know, patching strangers during yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fair enough. So people started dating in other ways. They were doing video dates or they were doing park dates, walking dates, coffee dates. And the thing about those kind of dates is they really prioritize conversation. It changes you know? the whole emphasis, hey. Yeah. And so I think that is a big contributing factor to this trend because it's like, well, I've actually been talking to the people I've been on dates with and that's made a big difference and made me realize that that kind of connection is more valuable than maybe that initial physical attraction. Yeah, that's interesting. It does make a lot of sense. And so what's the next one on our little list? So the next one is guard railing and over half of the people in the survey spoke about guard railing, which is really about boundaries. So as we are putting up, you know, going back into offices and social life's picking up again, travel's picking up again, all of a sudden our schedules feel packed again when, you know, a year ago I felt like I had nothing to do. Mm. And so it's about protecting your energy and protecting your time. And so being intentional about how you date um, and not over committing to things and not saying yes to a date on a Tuesday night because that's the only night you have free for two weeks and then getting somewhere and realizing you don't really want to be there. I, as a big fan of setting boundaries and a big fan of having my own downtime and not over committing myself, I couldn't love this one anymore. And I love the fact that... Um, I think the last couple of years has caused caused us to reprioritize the things mm. that actually matter in life as well. So having that balance, I think, will actually make us better at dating because we will have more of ourselves to give on those dates rather than being frazzled or not really wanting to be there. So a, I think it can make them more authentic. It's a great trend. And I hope it yes ands into, uh, so uh, yes, encouraging people. Uh, people to understand their boundaries and be, being familiar with that but also educating and and asking and uh, describing those boundaries to other people letting, uh, letting yes. other, you know letting other let your partners know your boundaries letting your friends know your boundaries and communicating it's not about you i just need sleep yeah, i really like right. you yeah. i'm having fun this is great i just i also really like sleep you know yes. <laughs> yeah And I think a way that that presents itself on Bumble in particular is communicating how you want to date or what you're looking for in your dating experience with your matches. So in particular, that comes to what type of relationship you're looking for. So if you're looking to date to find a serious relationship, be upfront about that. Mm. And if you're looking to just date casually, be upfront about that as well. Both things are fine, but what you'll find is that if you don't have a clear idea of what your intentions are, you aren't going to attract the right people or you're not going to attract people that are aligned with you and you might end up wasting a lot of time with people that don't have the same intentions as you. And I think that's where a lot of dating experience, I think that is what brings a lot of dating experiences unstuck at its core is those two people 
didn't enter the situationship or the date or whatever it ends up being with the same intentions and maybe they weren't upfront with each other about what they want wanted to get out of it and that's where you end up with people going on you know five six seven dates and then working out at that point that one's feeling casual and one's wanting to be more serious so just like say it from the start yeah I mean that just sounds so easy though doesn't it just just say it from the start but I know a lot of people who still have trouble with those kinds of things because they're like well (laughs) if I say that I want a long-term relationship what if I scare people off and I keep saying to them Lucille you're only going to scare off people who don't want a long-term relationship exactly and there is also ways of you're, you're exactly right that but that's, that should be the goal. The goal should be to scare off the people that aren't aligned with you. Exactly. So it is a big mindset shift from thinking, I want to go on Bumble and get 100 matches um, and getting that validation to actually five matches is great if those are people that I have potential with or that are aligned with me. It's not necessarily about trying to match with everyone and and go down that road. It's like it's it's quantity isn't isn't it. It's quality matches that can actually have the chance of going somewhere. And that's a big mindset shift as well. But also thinking in that terms of, you know, if I am alienating people that aren't aligned with me, is that an issue? Yeah, no, great. that's what you're aiming for. Get, Good. get them then out. I'm not wasting my time. Boy, bye. Or girl, bye. <laughs> or anyone, bye. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm liking these trends. They're making me feel less anxious about, about dating in general. So where do we go from here? So the next one is called Love Life Balance. And that has a lot to do with our relationship with work and our love lives and what it is reflective of is our professional status being less relevant um Mm. in our romantic lives as what it used to be not less relevant but they're just being less emphasis on Mm -hmm. work life and having a really busy demanding job um being less of a status symbol than what it used to be so we aren't actually looking for a partner that doesn't have time or we're seeing it less as like a big status symbol if they have like a really hectic work life. What we want is people that are going to prioritize quality time. So that's not to say that people with busy or demanding jobs are out of the dating pool, but it's just people really being focused on that quality time and less focused on like bagging someone with a great job and thinking about what else does this person bring to the table. That's quite often one of the first things that you ask when you're on a date, isn't it? Mm. What do you do? But that's usually just because I can't think of anything else to ask. Yeah. It's the first question you ask when you meet people in most social settings because it's just an easy yeah. thing to learn something about someone. But, but I don't really care about really... what they do. Yeah. <laughs> are you but... happy? It's like, you can't really yeah. ask that straight up though, can you? So are you happy? <laughs> people might start crying. Um <laughs> Look, I really like the idea of, of having that balance and having the, you know, like it's not all about money. It's not all about, you know, like, oh, I'm so busy. I can only fit you in on, you know, two weeks from Tuesday kind of thing. Because then like what kind of quality of relationship are you going to have if you're both not similarly, I guess it's alignment again, isn't it? Having Being aligned with um, the kind of life that you want rather than the kind of status that you want. Yeah, I think it, I think it's putting a big focus on compatibility. Yeah. And shared values and all those things that what you do for work kind of doesn't really have any bearing on on those things. Um you know, so it it is that focus of is this person intellectually, emotionally set like sensually compatible with me? Those things are more important than um you know, what do they do from nine to five when I'm not with them anyway? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Boring. Don't care about what you do for a job. As long as you can support yourself and you're not going to sponge off me all the time for money, I don't care. Yeah, and if someone is passionate about, you know, what they do and that aligns with their values and that is an important part of their identity, that's that's great, you know, but it doesn't, your work doesn't have to define your whole life and it doesn't really have an impact in your romantic life either. 
Yeah, good. Do you think we're seeing uh, le- less and less uh, snobbiness in terms of when it comes to a partner's op- uh, occupation? Do you think we're care- so? Do you think we are caring less in, with what they do or how much they earn? Where it is angling down? Definitely, because also I think everyone's the job that the pedestal that people's jobs were on got knocked down a few pegs by working from home. Yes. You know, yes. like that was a bit of an equalizer in terms of especially corporate jobs that you like this is obviously, you know, people that can work from home. Mm. But it was a bit of an equalizer in terms of like, okay, what are we all actually doing? And, you know, I know I was living with friends in um during the first lockdown, um, who had like very impressive jobs and and I remember being like, what do you do all day? Like listening <laughs> to other meetings and you know things like that so i think it's just reflective of the the whole experience of this post-pandemic world where we're just valuing different things yeah i kind of like that as well like i honestly do think that the last couple of years has led to a very big values and paradigm shift and i really like that we're seeing that across dating as well because i just think that it's uh quite it's one of those things where you need to make sure that what you're doing is is enriching your life and making you happy and I think when you come across something as giant as a pandemic and lockdown it really makes you reevaluate stuff and I'm loving that that's carrying on through dating yeah and we're going to get to this in a little bit but a lot of people broke up during the pandemic Mm. Um, and I think that was because of this increased focus on like what we actually want and our values so a lot of people realize that maybe the person that they were with wasn't the right person for them for those reasons because when you take away all of the superficial things and just get down to when I'm stuck in the house with you do I like you then that really that really like brought a lot of things to bear and I know having been single throughout lockdown but having observed a lot of observed a lot of my friends and family relationships it's like those either got a lot stronger or they ended you know it really made or break made or break a lot of couples yeah and I think it's because of what you just said that real focus and shift in terms of values Mm. I think the the pandemic highlighted to each person as an individual, how valuable their time is, basically. What, yeah. How am I spending my time working? How am I spending my time dating? How am I spending my time doing hobbies, etc.? So I think there's been a re-evaluation of mm. those priorities in in one's individual personal life. And we're going, no, nah, don't have time for this rubbish dating or dating against uh, nope. not what I want or who I want, etc., etc. Yeah, it's nothing like a, a world crisis yeah, to make right. us all reevaluate <laughs> yeah. what we want in life. But if positive p- positivity <laughs> comes from it, that's that's good, I suppose. Mm. Especially if you're single now. Like I look back on pr- the pre-time, like the before times, mm. and I'm like, how did we get up, get in the office by 8.30 every day with an outfit on and a full face of makeup and stay there till 6 p.m. and do that five days in a row and then work out a time to go to all your appointments um, do your washing, go to the shop. Like, I just can't, I I, I know I'll never be able to do that again. <laughs> like, I'll never. No. And it makes me really that. sad when you hear about officers trying to make people do that. I'm like, why? We, we spent years proving mm. to you that we did not need to do this. Yeah. And that we could yeah. actually be happy and do our job <laughs> and yeah, get everything like, done. I know I'll never be able to go into an office five days a week again. Yeah. Unless it, it's five minutes from my house and I can go in That's my pajamas. Right. Yeah. So, like, you, I think it's the same with all different aspects of your life. You know, we just, we've reassessed how we want to spend our time and it looks different. Yeah. All right. Well, what else looks different about dating in 2023? Well, the other thing that looks different um, is travel because that is something that has probably change the most or or not change the most, but it was the one thing that was really off the table, um, yes. especially in Australia during the pandemic. And um, I think pretty much everyone that I know has booked a holiday this year. They didn't go on one last year because everyone feels they're owed one, which they, they probably are. They're owed many. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so 33% of people are open to this concept of wonder love, um, bit of an eat, pray, love, dating moment and dating someone while on holiday or outside of their city or town, okay. um, which I think is is really exciting because it speaks to a lot of the themes we've already covered, which is like when you date someone on holiday, you are often a more 
authentic version of yourself. You know, I've been on some dates when I've been overseas where I've just like been a hundred percent myself. You're just you know? freer because you're like, well, you know, it's a fling on holiday. No one's going to see me. Yeah. And I've had some of the best dates of my life with people where I wasn't, I wasn't pretending anything because I, it has a, I'm going to see you maybe another time while I'm here, but there's no point. I'm not going to pretend that I am interested in cricket because I'm not like, mm. I'm not trying to impress you. Um, I'm just going to be myself and you're going to be yourself. And, you know, we're going to have like a really amazing connection. And I hope that people do go on use Bumble while they're on their, you know, international holidays or, or even domestic holidays. I hope they have some holiday romances, but I also think we take a bit of that energy into dating at home as well and be more authentic and more honest with each other. I was going to say, if you're going to, if you're going to date someone in another country while you're traveling and you're in Barcelona and you're going, no, I'm not going to pretend to enjoy football and, and spicy food to, to, why would I pretend to do all this? But then take that attitude to dating when you're at home. Why would I want? Why would I pretend to like cricket when I don't like yeah. cricket just to appease this person? You're like, I've got a week with this person, so I'm going to tell them absolutely everything that I like sexually, so that we can have the deed done in the best way possible. Mm. Why would you not do that when you're back at home? But if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't <laughs> pretend to enjoy something for a foreigner, yeah. mi- thousands don't of miles away, don't fake it for someone don't you don't do know. Don't do it at home either. The same, yeah. There you go. Yeah, the sex thing is really interesting as well because you're just going to be like, no. Nope, don't like that. Yes, like that. Do like you're just getting down to business. Yes, yeah. and like, why not much time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so interesting to think about it like that, and why why we do this dance of okay, I'm going to like do all these things in the early stages, and then I'm going to have to circle back like in three months' time. Be like, oh, I actually don't want to come watch you play cricket because I know I yeah. said I would <laughs> on our first date, but I actually couldn't think of any worse way to spend my Saturday. Yeah, no, I, and I and I kind of want to bring that energy into my entire life, really. Like if I wouldn't do it on holiday, <laughs> I'm not going yeah. into the office anymore, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, again, it's that reevaluating what's important and if you've only got a limited amount of time, why not show up as your most authentic self? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so for the fifth trend... What have we got? This one's a big one. This one's about modern masculinity. Um, And this is men specifically, um, people who identify as men. um, 74% of them say that in the last year they have examined their behaviour and have more of a clear understanding of toxic masculinity. I can see your face, Liz. I know it might not feel that way. Look, no, I'm just thinking I love it. Do you know what? Like I'm just uh, the fact that people are being introspective. um, I mean, regardless of gender is a wonderful thing to be introspective. Um, But having been on the uh, tail end of some quite toxic masculinity um, in the dating dating sphere, it's it's 78%, you said, or 74%. the fact that 74% of those people surveyed have been introspective about what modern masculinity should be and what toxic masculinity is, is actually pretty fucking fantastic. If you, yep. if you don't mind me saying so. Absolutely. Uh, uh, to my brothers out there that, uh, that are in that 74% or aren't in that 74%, trust me, there's some area, some aspect in your personal life or your friendship circle, some, or your professional arena, something that you need to, it's not need to uh, address because you're not specifically a problem, but turn over those, turn over those leaves, have a rummage because there'll be, there'll be someone in your circles who's toxic or some a shrapnel of your behavior. Just because you have a piece of bad behavior in your life doesn't make you a terrible person you're allowed to address it and and Mm. and and better yourself and move on one of the stats that i'm looking at um from from the lunch that we chatted about was that more than half the men on bumble so 52 percent um are now actively challenging stereotypes that suggest that men should not show emotions for fear of appearing weak and Mm. i fucking love that specifically because tom i know that you've always been a huge proponent on this podcast of men showing emotions and going with your feelings but that's not the case for a lot of a lot of men outside of this podcast and that's what we try to 
help with and so the fact that people are being like I think being in touch with your feelings is is it's the number one thing on my dating list is having a good grasp of empathy um, mm. and being in touch with feelings so I think it's great that over half are actively challenging yes, those stereotypes. Very, very encouraging. Well done boys. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. And I'm I think especially like when it comes to dating and again, um, I'll preface this as in heterosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. This is what women want from you. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, oh, what do women want? They want you to tell them how you feel. They want you to talk about your feelings, you know, like a lot of, I think a lot of the hesitance to talk about feelings comes from other men and it's reinforced by, yep. you know, the patriarchy and, and men police it in other men much more than women do. And I think if, men can do their best to try and challenge those stereotypes and and stop policing each other's behavior and really allow themselves that space to be emotional i think you know that's where so many of these issues begin and end is like with the way that men are between each other not even necessarily the way they are with women that's one of the reasons why i love the show ted lasso is that there's a really amazing depiction of men getting together in groups just to talk about their feelings <laughs> in a way that is still like there are still masculine manly men in those groups and you can still have ma- like it doesn't mean you have to go completely feminine and you know and completely shun your masculinity there are ways yeah. to be in touch with your feelings and still be you know the manliest of roy kent kind of men in mm-hmm. that particular yeah. show it and won't- i think there are much more positive role models for men emerging in this space. Mm. Uh, Matt Agnew is someone that we've worked with um, who was on The Bachelor, who has some great content that he puts on his social media about this for men. And I think it it really is so much more impactful when it comes from other men. Um, And I think there are a lot more Australian men in the public eye that are getting better at this. But for a long time, there's been a real absence of you know, who is the male version of Lizzo for young men to aspire to, mm. you know, who yeah. is the, you know, who who can they look up to that they find relatable, you know, where they, people that they see themselves in, you know, men actually in a lot of ways still get modeled very, um, you know, look at who's on the cover of men's health every month. It's not very body diverse, mm. you know, what's being modeled to men as the peak version of masculinity is very restrictive. And even in the last like week or so, there's been a lot of people up in arms that Sam Smith shouldn't be wearing the type of clothes that they're wearing, um, which is a lot of, you know, flamboyant jumpsuits and Mm. things like that because they've got a bigger body type, whereas someone like Lizzo is like everyone's celebrating. You know, it it shows that we've still got, even when role models are put up there, we've still got to have the right attitude towards them. Yeah, or Harry Styles wears a dress and all anyone wants to ask if, if he's gay or not. Yeah, you or know? hell breaks loose. Didn't we, yeah. we lived, as a society, we lived through the 70s. We had more uh, trans, <laughs> like David Bowie came through yeah. the 70s. We had all of this already. Why are we shocked? Why isn't it, why, why is it a surprise? Calm down. Yeah. Let honestly, people wear the, what they want to wear. Yeah. But one thing that I find really encouraging, and, and I know there's probably a lot of women listening to this, like, haven't had this experience and and i totally understand that i think we've all had you know if you date men if you date straight men you've probably had negative experiences yeah, yeah. With how gender roles play out but nearly 60 percent of men people who identify as men on bumble in australia recognize that breaking gender roles in dating is also good for them mm-hmm. and i think that is kind of at the center of everything that we're trying to show at Bumble is that we aren't just doing this for women, even though we are passionate about helping women. We really believe that by breaking down these gender roles, it actually improves dating and relationships for everyone who's dating. I wholeheartedly agree with yep. that. Like, how can it not? How? Can, I mean, it. the only people that it will not benefit are the people who are toxic. Mm. <laughs> Exactly. Because they'll get found out. Yeah, if we are going to tell women you can be everything and have everything and you can stay at home or you can be the boss at work or you can do all of these things, like we need to tell men that's okay as well. It's okay. Like this one thing I really hate is this concept of the the breadwinner, you know, Mm. that doesn't need to be a breadwinner. Mm. And 
there is, it doesn't have to be the man, you know, but men still um, have this like concept ingrained in them that like they must provide for their family. And it's like, I wish more men felt like they could stay at home with their kids, you know, and, you know, take paternity leave and do all of these things. But even in those roles, and I've been talking to a few friends and family about this, even when, say, the guy is the one that goes out and does the work, there's the um, implication that that means the woman should be doing all of the housework mm. and that's just not the mm. way, like, they're not a live-in maid. And I still think that even if one person is going out, there should still be a shared division of labour. Like, it's not like, well, I earn money, so you need to vacuum under my feet while I'm sitting on the couch, you know? I know, I often say... Cause I'm, I don't really know if I want to have kids or not, but I often think like, well, I would do it if I could be like a nineties dad, you know, and like come home at the end of the day <laughs> and like put my feet up and like have dinner made for me. Mm. And like, yeah, I'm sure that's awesome, but like, it's not reflective of reality. No. And it's not, it's not only the men who get to enjoy that, like either or there needs to be a division of these kinds of things. And I always said that um, relationships are currency, right? So if you're contributing financially, yeah, you don't have to do as much of the contributing um, in doing jobs, but it doesn't mean that just because you're a man, you don't do the housework and you do do the work work. Like you've got to divide that up and figure out what works for you in a relationship. Mm. Um, do your but f- I'm all for breaking down gender roles. Absol- all absolutely. for it. Men, there's, yeah. a, there's a reason we kill ourselves in greater quantities than anyone else. There's a reason we kill each other in greater quantities than anyone else. But we can, we can, we can turn around. It's okay. We can uh, take the time to examine yourself. Take take the time to examine behaviour. Take the time to examine behaviour in your social circles. Uh, we can clean it. We can clean it up together. We got it. We got a baby boy. I love it. So the last thing on the list is dating renaissance. Explain to us what this means. Yes. So we um, gave a little preview of this earlier, but this trend um, is reflective of the fact that over 40% of people using Bumble right now in Australia had a significant relationship breakup in the last two years. So they ended a marriage or a long-term relationship and they're now using Bumble for the first time, which when you think about what the experience is like of using a dating app for the first time versus more seasoned dating app users and these people all blending together. It's terrifying, the- <laughs> Lucille. It's terrifying. So if you are, like you mentioned that you had some um, older listeners, I don't know how old, but, you know, if you are been through a divorce, um, you've got kids, you've had your family, you missed the last five to 10 years where dating apps really came on the scene and you're now dipping your toe in that again, you're probably mind blown. Like, what is this? You probably have, you've missed all of the like social conversation around like what to put in your bio, like the pineapple and pizza debate, like, you know, that they've missed all of the, they don't understand that shared language that mm. all those codes, the, the things that you have to learn by doing. And, you know, I think it's just really fascinating to think about how they are then matching with people who might've been using the apps for years on and off and, and understand that shared language much more intimately and how we can help people feel comfortable to be upfront about the fact that they are new to this type of dating. I think it's kind of adorable though, like, and I'm not meaning to be like, no, that's so cute because I've, someone described me as middle-aged the other day and I nearly had a heart attack and then went, oh God, they're almost right. (laughs) Um, But I think it's really kind of nice when someone admits that they don't know how all of this works because it is showing vulnerability in a situation where you're trying to put yourself out there. And I find it, it really appealing when people are happy to admit that they have no idea what this language is, that they thought LOL meant lots of love for a really <laughs> long time until it got real awkward when someone died and they went, oh no, LOL. LOL. Um, so Lu- Lucille, is there a Bumble cheat sheet or a something for the new time u- uh, user or who's, sorry, not first time, maybe uh, first time on, on a dating app user is there is there yeah. information how do we how do we get it to them i mean it's a bit of a trial and error like i had a friend message me the other day um who's in his early 30s saying um you know he's been through a breakup and he's using he's dating for the first time in 10 years and he was like what is going on what has happened how to did you? this happen <laughs> how do i do this <laughs> and i was like you just have to go on some dates you know and 
that is that's even my advice to people that are experienced app users is go on some dates talk to some people you know try it out and and learn through doing because you know you you really have to bite the bullet and if you don't kind of dive in head first you may never take the full plunge you know because it is a really intimidating thing to do for the first time but this advice is probably more central but more relevant to women but it probably applies to men as well i just i have most of my conversations with yeah. women <laughs> but i think that you one thing that i think is very prevalent in australia is this one at a time kind of dating attitude where we, we don't have as much of a dating culture as new york london you know where you might match with one person and you have a nice conversation with them and then you have another conversation with them the next day and then they ask you out on a date or you ask them out on a date and then you go on that date and you're by that stage very invested because no matter how no matter whether this has been a couple of days or a week or a few weeks you've kind of built up who you think this person is without maybe hearing their voice or you know really getting to know them so then by the time you go on that date you've built up this idea in your head of who they are and you're very invested. And then if it doesn't work out, you not only feel devastated, but then you feel like you're starting from That's a big knock. Again. Yeah. It's like, it's actually okay to be talking to a few different people. It's encouraged to be talking, matching with a few different people, talking to a few different people, seeing what you like, what you don't like, going on a few, like dating casually in order to try and find what you're looking for. And one of the best Bumble profiles I've ever seen encapsulate this, it said casually looking for something serious. And it's like, that's what you're doing. You know, like you are testing different types of dates, different types of people out. And it doesn't mean that you are, you know, being promiscuous Mm. or that you aren't being serious about dating. It means that you know, you're just adapting to the culture, you know, and it's, it should be fun, like going on dates, talking to people. It's meant to be, it's meant to be a fun, exciting process. And if you aren't finding it fun and exciting, if you're finding it stressful and anxiety inducing, try and do something differently, you know? And when it comes to like actually setting up, you know, an app profile, it's things like be honest about what you're looking for. Like, be authentic to who you are. And if you're really struggling with that, get your friend to write your bio for you because that is like the thing people struggle with the most is like most people know how to like pick photos where they look good. You know, we're all on Instagram. I mean, you would think that, but there's still profiles that have people wearing glasses in every damn shot. If I cannot see your eyes, I do not trust you. Yeah, okay, we'll cover a few of those basics. Firstly, no sunglasses. No sunglasses, people. No sunglasses. Only one photo with a dog. You cannot have uh, a dog. Yes. And a dog or a baby, well, not both. You can't have both. And then your first photo should be just you. Yes. 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 But tell the people who you are. And then you can have group photos of you with your friends if you want. But, like, if I have to spend too much time working out who you are, I may not bother you know, so basics on the photo advice, but then people really get hung up on the written portion. So it's a good idea to like get a friend to write it for you and you can edit it. You can, but sometimes our friends describe us much better than how we describe ourselves. See, I love that. I was going to suggest getting a friend to vet your profile, but actually getting your friend to write the bio is such a good idea because no one's going to be a bigger champion for what your best qualities are than the people who you hang out with. Yep frequently and who know you super well and who aren't self-conscious about talking about your best qualities yeah because we're very self-deprecating in australia and oh yeah (laughs) i've made a career out of it lucille (laughs) lucille Um, is there anything in particular that men need to stop doing on dating profiles to stop oh there's a few things um i would say the Okay, this is the this is actually the number one thing, and this is a blanket advice for everyone. But I I um, am look I look to date men, so I mostly see men's yes. profiles, and this is a, something that I um, see come up a lot. And it's that leading with the negative, it's yes. not looking for hookups or not looking for this or don't 
swipe left if you're this. Right. It's so yes. argumentative right, right off the bat, really isn't it? aggressive. And also, even if I feel aligned with what you're saying, you've turned me off with your negging kind of attitude. So say the example we used was not looking for hookups. Mm. Looking for a relationship is going to get you um, so much more than, because everyone's going to see you being looking for hookups and be like, mm, you look like a bit of an idiot. So yeah. I'm going to, you know, so leading with the positive and then also leading with things that will help start conversation. So if it's like, if you use the prompt, like what, where can I find you in the mornings? And it's like, or like, what's your, you know, top three things you want to do? And it's like CrossFit, pottery and pizza. It's like, okay, well, but if you're like, I love CrossFit for this reason, my favorite flavor pizza is this, what's yours? You know, like those, those are that exact, the last time I did crockery was like this, or, you know, or if you're like, I love to travel and that's it. If it's like, I love to travel. The last place I went was Mexico. I want to go to Fiji next, you know, it's like adding those conversations, like building conversation starters into your profile prompts and into your bio so if i look at a profile and it's like love to travel i'm like yeah great so who so does everyone yeah <laughs> if i see one that's like just been to mexico or like want to go to mexico i'm like same i want to i'll talk to them about this you're you making know? it as easy as possible for someone to talk to you about something yeah or it's like i like music well is there a human being on this yes, planet that's that's i hate music <laughs> hate it <laughs> what kind of music do you like yeah. what is your favorite band, you know, have you linked your Spotify? Can I see what your top artists are? Like all these kind of things. The aim of the game is to like get a match, but then have a conversation with that person. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, what are you adding to your bio? What are you adding to your profile? That's going to help make those connections and start those conversations. The other red flag that I've seen on profiles for both men and women, when I've been looking, when I've been helping other people swipe left or right on people is that they, when you're writing a profile, I'm firmly of the belief that it should be advertising you, not seeking person who, yes. you know. So I, I, a... you see all of these profiles that are like, I want someone who is this, 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 and this. And I'm like, well, you've told me nothing about yourself other than that you're picky. Yes. So why should I swipe on you? Like it's meant to be an ad for yourself, not a, not a services seeking ad for someone else, you know? Yeah, especially when those things are – um, something that that person could just filter themselves. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, if you're you going to select if I'm blonde or not. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're not helping yourself by telling people what you're not looking for. You know, if you only want blondes, just only swipe on blondes and like no one needs to know that you were weirdly picky about that. It's like walking, you know? it's like walking into the town centre and ringing a big bell and, and yelling, here are all the things I don't like and <laughs> expecting people on the street to be like, great, how can I help cool. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody wants the guy who hates everything. I hate this. I hate that. Great. Let's get married. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like if you were in a bar and you saw someone that didn't, meet your requirements would you be like not you (laughs) you're not what i'm looking for go away absolutely not look lucille thank you so much for coming and talking us through the landscape that is dating at the moment it's so refreshing to see that majority of those trends are about about being authentic and going after what you actually want and reevaluating what's important in your life because that's something that we always talk about on this podcast um and I think that Bumble is helping making the dating landscape that little little bit less scary for some people. Yes, some wonderful Thank initiatives for 2023. Tom, have you learned anything in particular this uh, episode? One question, I, not something I've learned, but I, I want to know since the launch of Bumble and it came, it came out as a a vehicle for women to message first. What's been the feedback from women as a as a as a unity as a whole as a collective? We're just one thing on are the we ability <laughs> on the on on having an app where they can they have more uh, control. They have more uh, impetus to to message first. It's overwhelmingly positive, but yeah. also like it is challenging. It's a lot of pressure, man. Like right? I remember when I was on Bumble and I I was like, yes, I love this, and then I was like, oh god, now I need to think of something to say, um, but. 
I liked I liked taking control of the situation mm. and not just opening up my inbox to a whole bunch of, you know, dirty stuff really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of prior to Bumble existing, one of the biggest tension points on dating apps was like unwanted messages and unwanted contact and also really aggressive initial contact because you have that dynamic. And I think that, you know, this was 2016 when when Whitney first launched Bumble, but I think, and I think it is changing, but you have this dynamic of men feeling like if they were trying to date women, that they had to be really aggressive about it and they had to go all in. And there was such a fear of rejection that they had to be almost aggressive about it and have this, you know, bad attitude. And rejection actually is a really normal part of dating and we all should get a lot more comfortable with it. But the idea of women starting the conversation is that it takes away that that aggressive, I mean, in most cases, I'm sure yeah. there have been some aggressive women out there, but in theory, it it takes that initial bite out of that conversation and, and changes that dynamic. And so we get overwhelmingly positive feedback from women that have been like, it actually inspired me to take control in other parts of my life as well. Mm. And that idea of making the first move, like, once I did it, I realized it wasn't that scary, you know, yeah. and one, and it actually can empower you in so many other ways as well. I know working at Bumble and like living this ethos has really made me value having control and feel more confident in putting yourself out there in myriad different ways, you know, but it is really challenging and scary, but I would encourage more women to do it because it is very empowering at the same time. And also it gave me a little bit of a dose of empathy of what, you know, straight men in a patriarchal society, the pressure that is on them to come up with something to open a conversation. That's freaking hard. And it kind of makes you it makes yeah. you go, Okay, so if this is what if this is a tenth of what people feel, then I totally get why sometimes people are complete derps in the first couple of minutes of talking yeah. to them because <laughs> it's really hard. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've actually built some features around that. So we introduced a feature called questions game during the pandemic, actually, because one of the things in the, especially early pandemic was like, no one really had anything to talk about. No. (laughs) What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? (laughs) Wearing pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so what questions game is you can use it as your first move, or you can use it anytime during a chat and you ask your match a question, but you have to also answer that question. And it gets revealed, both of your responses get revealed when once you've both answered. Oh, I like so it's that. kind of a fun way. And there's like preloaded questions in there or you can create your own. Great. One of the most popular in Australia is like, what is the supreme flavor of Smith's chips? Mm. That gives you the idea of like the type of conversations people are having. It's I like very to burn my tongue off with salt and salt vinegar. And vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like it is, it is crisp royalty, uh, salt and vinegar. I, <laughs> yeah. I will consider if anyone yeah, sour cream and onion, you're out. <laughs> off yeah. my I mean, list. It tells you a lot about a person. If it's chicken, sorry. Mm. We can't talk. Oh, and then that gets playful banter happening as well. Thank I remember you. I used to ask people my opening line for a while before everybody else started using it was crunchy or smooth peanut butter. People I'll like tell smooth. you mine that you're welcome to use if you ever Please. need it. And it's what's your favourite on its biscuit. <gasps> okay. Okay. See, I'm and a bit controversial with that one. one. Mine's a Kingston. Yeah, see, if someone says like a Monte Carlo, <laughs> then you're like, you're fun at parties. Yeah. <laughs> Someone says it's like a milk arrowroot. You're not fun at part. You know, you learn. Yeah, I feel like by saying a Kingston, they're like, okay, well, you're the nana of the group. (laughs) (laughs) You like a cup of tea. I do. (laughs) Little dunking, little rug around my shoulders. I'm not that old, but I feel it sometimes. Crisps and cups of tea. It's my two two of my favorite things in the world. Amazing. We need to wrap up so I can go home and have a big cup of tea. (laughs) Lucille, thank you so much for joining us. That's Lucille McCart, who is the communications director for. Bumble in Australia. It has been wonderful to have you and to have your wonderful dating insights so that we could all learn a thing or two. Um, if you have learnt something from today's episode or if you have recognised um, some of the dating trends out in the dating world, we want to hear your stories. Write into us at ghostsofboyfriendspast at gmail.com. We will talk about these kinds of things in an upcoming quickie episode. Yeah, otherwise jump on Facebook. We've got a little self-running group there, uh, Ghosts of Boyfriends Past. What's that called? Group, group Therapy. therapy. Um, Members uh, post their own questions, their own comments. Uh, 
past guests of the show pop up there. So little little mini celebrity uh, cameos <laughs> from past from past guests uh, join us there. Please rate and review our show. We we love when you do. It helps us out. Helps us put us on charts all around the world on this here blue marble of ours. Um, Apart from that, we once again thank Lucille for being uh, eloquent and and knowing her stuff and really helping us out on this week's episode. Elizabeth, any final words? Look, I just think that everybody should really be reevaluating what they yes. want in their dating life, and as long as you're honest about it, then you're going to find someone that's perfect for you. Absolutely. So, everybody, when you're writing your profile, be honest about what you're looking for because mm. you're going to weed out the bastards. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.